3: This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Tony on Send, the sports betting network.
4: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert, live from downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino. Stormy Tony hanging out with you. Got a jam-packed show today. Of course, it is week zero in college football. We got NFL preseason to talk to, a full slate of Major League Baseball coming up later on this afternoon and evening steve buchanan betting analyst over at DraftKings, is going to join us we'll also have chuck esposito who oversees all of stations casinos to take us behind the counter get a little uh, flavor on where all the money is going and for the first half hour of the show pam maldonado of yahoo sportsbook will join us as well so before we welcome her in and get into the nitty-gritty of best bets we like and advice for college football bettors we got to start the show like we always do with our top five News and notes you need to know that affect us as better, starting with number one, according to NBA insider Sham Sharania. There's fear in OKC that the Thunder's number two overall pick, Chet Holmgren, has suffered ligament damage in his foot. The former Gonzaga star appeared to suffer the injury in a Pro-Am game Saturday guarding LeBron James. He's currently undergoing some further evaluation to determine the severity of the injury, but certainly a disappointing start to the NBA career for Holmgren after his impressive performance in Summer League. Rookie of the Year odds have lengthened to 10 to 1 now after being the second betting favorite just about a month ago after Summer League ended low expectations for the Thunder coming into this season. Total set at 24 and a half for their wins this year and a 22 to 1 shot just to make the playoffs. Number two, like I said, all things college football today. As Pitt enters the post Kenny Pickett era, it's official USC transfer quarterback, Keaton Slovis will be the starter week one for the Panthers head coach Pat Narduzzi, naming Slovis the starter this morning, ending the competition with Pickett's former backup nick patty narduzzi citing Slovis's consistency and accuracy as to what separated him for the job this does make for a very interesting game week one against west virginia he'll be facing off against his former oc graham harrell and former teammate jt daniels should be a fun backyard brawl pit a seven point favorite total 51 their season one win total by the way also at eight and a half pete carroll made some interesting comments on his quarterback situation yesterday with regards to geno smith and drew Locke. quote I know it's not supposed to be a good situation when you have two quarterbacks, it means you don't have one is the old saying, but I don't know that. We might have two ones. Okay, coach, whatever you say. Uh, Smith will start the final preseason game this Friday against the Cowboys, but Carroll also said Locke will play a lot. Seattle a a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Then they'll open the regular season September 12th as a six-point home dog against Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Number four today's top five, the Yankees and Aaron Judge appear to be back on track after a nine-game drought. Judge now has two home runs in as many games as the Yankees swept a two-game set with the Mets in a revisited Subway series. With his solo shot against Tywin Walker yesterday, he's back on pace for 63 homers and probably a gazillion dollars in free agency. Is that a true number? Also, some more good news for that lineup. Giancarlo Stanton expected to come back from the injured list tomorrow. Yankees a plus 450. Uh, favorite in the World Series odds, third favorite on the board behind the Dodgers and Astros. And last one here in the WNBA, the defending champion Chicago Sky eliminated New York Liberty to advance to the semis last night, where now they await the winner of tonight's game against the Suns and Wings. The Liberty did cut the Sky's lead to three with nine minutes to go, but Chicago just turned it on, allowed just seven points the rest of the way, a 90 to to win. And our girl Danielle Alvari hitting that Chicago team total over 85 and a half. We discussed that on Monday. As for Tonight, the Sun are a six-point favorite at Dallas, total 165. We've also got some numbers available for the Aces Storm semifinal series beginning on Sunday. Aces a five-point favorite, total 170 for game one. And for the series, Vegas minus 225 favorite, Danielle, if you remember, said she actually leans taken Seattle for the upset and potentially to win the WNBA title. Now from one woman in the industry that I greatly respect to another live in studio, Pam Maldonado of Yahoo Thank Sportsbook. You. Welcome in. Thank so you. excited to have you live in the I'm front. i so excited to
5: be here. I see all of your stuff on TikTok. You're hilarious. Oh. You're so good with that <laughs> stuff. I wish I had that creativity. I'm definitely more of a numbers person, but you definitely have the creative the creative side to you. So, Well, I, I appreciate that. it. I you're very that. sweet. Danielle, actually,
4: <laughs> the one who got me on TikTok, forced me into it. But it's been a lot of fun and excited to have you in town because obviously, yes, you get to be down at the sports book and play awesome. some bets and get in the contest. But you also have another contest competition that you're doing this week can I flex on them? Absolutely. Oh, Get yeah. it going.
5: <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I am a bodybuilder um, as an amateur. Yes. Um, so I have a competition. I had one a few weeks ago and I placed second and I was, I felt like I had the energy to still keep it going. So my coach and I decided to do a competition this Saturday. It is here in Vegas, which is why I came up and of course to register for some contests. And then my final competition of the season is next Saturday where I have an opportunity to potentially turn pro. So zero expectations, but I am looking forward to at least having
4: the chance to try. No, that's super exciting. And anybody who actually is down here in Vegas, you can get down there and mm-hmm. check out the competition live as well, right? Absolutely. It's at the Alexis Hotel, which is
5: off strip. Awesome. Um, but if you've never been to a bodybuilding competition, it's definitely inspiring because it's a lot of work that goes into physique building. Is I mean, it's, it is pure bodybuilding and it's about discipline. It's about... Um, just adhering to a structured schedule because a lot of us we have jobs Mm -hmm. we're not just 100% bodybuilders on this full time so um, it's a good balance to have it's just it's a good hobby
4: well and and just speaking to that discipline though how much of what you do in fitness and what you do in the space do you see carry over into the Mm -hmm. way that you're preparing for games as a sports better so I have a correlation that I like to share like back in 2019
5: was my first competition and the week of my competition it's on a Saturday the week of the day of actually was my best sport, single sports betting day of my betting career. I went 12 and one. The one that missed, missed by one point. And it was just everybody made money. Everybody hit parlays. I hit three underdogs um, outright at, at single plays plus the parlay. It was just a really great day. And I don't think at all that it was, um, it was in a coincidence that it was during my peak week of bodybuilding competition. And I'm kind of having the same run now. Mm-hmm where over the last three to six months, I've had the best stretch of a betting career. And I feel just largely, I have no idea if there's like science to back this up or what, but I just really believe that my body is in like the best shape, physical shape, which is leading to my mind being in the best mental shape. And so because the two are so largely corded, that mind to body connection, I just feel like everything right now for me is sharp. And I have to take advantage of it. And I have been.
4: Well, and it's kind of funny. We talk about athletes and how they say look good, feel good, play good, right? It's like right. look good, feel good, bet good. Sometimes that those really things is. go hand in hand.
5: And you think about, I come from poker and one of the biggest problems in poker is that the hours to play poker, you're playing 11 p.m. to like 6, 7 a.m. Your sleep schedule is just never on. Mm-hmm. What I have really focused on for this last few months was making sure that I am minimum getting seven hours of sleep every single night. Even yesterday I traveled, I was up at 4.30 in the morning and I didn't go to bed until two, which would have been 2.30 my time, um, central coming from Austin. And I still made sure today to get eight hours of sleep. I feel refreshed. I'm sharp again. People really underestimate recovery. Mm -hmm. And I think largely sleep has a huge thing to do with that. So if you have a great amount of sleep, the sports betting, the numbers, the analysis, the data All of that is not going to feel as overwhelming, I believe, because you're rested. Your mind's rested.
4: And even, like, that makes me think of just a general piece of advice that I tend to give sports bettors at times. um, If you're going through the highs and lows, sometimes, hey, you just need to, like, step away.
5: away. Refocus
4: on you or refocus on something away from sports betting Mm -hmm. before you can come back with that refreshed mind. Right. With college football coming up, we have week zero, obviously, a bunch of games Mm -hmm. Saturday and it, you've put together a ton of articles on Yahoo Sportsbook from like March to now right. on just general betting 101 tips for people, and especially right now, specifically mm-hmm. for college football. Right. So what's some of the best advice you can embark on our listeners?
5: I think one of the things that people really, really underestimate is the idea of discipline. Um, it's taken me a few years, I will be honest. Like I was, I'm still considering myself a recreational sports better, but I definitely bet larger now than I used to in the past. But discipline has been the reason why I've been able to make that jump. If I am knowing that, hey, I cannot live bet because I, my fingertips (laughs) get a little too antsy and then I just click buttons. Well, then don't live bet. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to live. bet. if I know that I'm like, oh, I chase, I don't be a chaser. People lose and then they instantly think, let me bet Hawaii in the midnight game and try to make it back. Guys, there are games tomorrow. We have
4: NFL. We have college football the next Saturday for 17 weeks. We're here for five months. We're doing all this research on games. Why are you going to, because you lost on one of those, why are you just going to go chase and bet something that you didn't study anything about? It
5: is absolutely so cliche to say, but this is 100% a marathon and not a sprint. You cannot make up a quarter. You cannot make up your season off of one night, but you can definitely lose it. Um, So bankroll management, I know that people reiterate that over and over and over. But it really is like the, and I believe that like part of fitness has really like led into finding that discipline. Like it's not, yes, this is bodybuilding, but find something that it is that you love. Like if you love yoga, if you love hiking, whatever it is, stick to that schedule, that discipline that you have, whether it be uh, following, tracking your food calories, your intake, um, just having a to-do list and scratching it off, find something that you can adhere to daily is going to help you be disciplined within sports betting. And eventually, I mean, I I really do believe, like, if you can find the discipline within yourself, your bankroll is going to start upticking slowly. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take time. You're not going to go from zero to 100 overnight, um, but you are going to see those steady increases, mm-hmm. little mountain ranges, and it's, it's gradually increasing.
4: And I know, uh, like, you as a sports better, you have certain sports specifically that you specialize Absolutely. in, right? And even within college football, we can do that as bettors and specialize on certain conferences. We've only got about a minute left here before we have to take a quick break, but what are some of the leagues that you're going to hone in on this year? I know you've done the Mac pack 12. Is that kind of the lean? Well, when I first started sports betting, I was
5: 100% to the big 12 because I was born and raised in Texas
3: yeah, right
5: now. I do wherever the money tells me where to go, wherever the value lies. I, so I am versed with all conferences um, but I have a record to tell me where to focus in on my strength and where my weakness is so I can stay away. Record keeping is probably the single most important factor that sports bettors need to be doing. And if, if you're not, you need to. And if you are, you stick to it because midseason, I learned last year I was absolutely terrible at betting underdogs, but I had a great season of totals. Yeah. So stop betting underdogs. Yeah, I saw that 71% flip for you on
4: totals. It's my not
5: third season. That's my
4: third season hitting over 70% on totals. So hopefully it works out again. Yeah, when we come back, we'll get into some of those trends that you did learn that you're going to put toward this year in college football, some week zero bets, and some of Pam's favorite futures. Don't go anywhere. More to come on My Guys in the Desert on Beeson
6: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You're listening to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bon and Tony on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: The College Football Guide is out now, and the NFL Guide drops tomorrow. Get in on it, people. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team. It includes team trends, power ratings, over-under recommendations, everything you need, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards remember the only way though to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a visa all access subscriber sign up on our discounted football special and get access to everything we do now through the super bowl for only 175 dollars or you can save 50 bucks off 50% excuse me, off the monthly price with that annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. BCN.com slash subscribe for all your options to become part of the Sports Betting Network. Rolling along here live from downtown Las Vegas, Stormy Bon and Tony alongside Pam Maldonado of Yahoo Sportsbook. And we like to play games on this program. So we're going to do a little test here. There's a really cool market in college football right now doing head-to-heads of which team is going to earn more wins than another. So I'm just going to throw a couple at you and see what your gut tells you because you are an all-conference expert here. So (laughs) yesterday I said I loved BYU to have more wins than Texas at minus 130, but there's a ton of these. So with the news today that Kenny, mm-hmm. that, uh, with Kenny Pickett out, Keaton Slovis is the new starter at Pitt. Who do you think has more wins in the 2022 season? Pitt or Penn State?
5: Give mean, Pittsburgh. They're both at minus 110 odds. Yeah. So I think both teams, whether it's Pittsburgh or Penn State, they both have questions at quarterback. Yes, we know that uh, Keaton Slovis, capable quarterback, but I'm not sure that he is maybe as consistent you talk it that yeah. he was uh picked for consistency. Okay. Well, he did end up having um he, not a great season last year. What was it? 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So I'm a little nervous about that, how he's going to come into this new team. And then Penn State, I'm not sure Sean Clifford is actually the answer. Sean, I've actually met you in person. My bad. Don't hate me. Um, But I mean, last year, it was, it's his fourth year. He had 60% completion in his career last year was his best yardage production, but he threw two interceptions and 44% completion in a 40, 24 to 10 loss to Arkansas in the bowl game. That's a really bad finish. How is he going to rebound this year? Um, so for me, it's going to come down to the defense and I love Pittsburgh's defense. They, I love a pass rush. You're going to hear me say it a thousand times. I wish I was a pass rusher. Um, I think I heard
4: you say that with Greg Peterson last night. (laughs) If I was reborn, I would be a pass
5: rusher. Please, somebody help me become a better pass rusher. Um, A pass rusher, period. But you're talking about a pit defense that is first in sacks in the FBS last year. The entire defensive line returns. So when you have something that was number one and you're making your return, I expect you to be in the top five once again. And their schedule is so friendly. They're at home against West Virginia, uh, Tennessee, and Syracuse. And then away games to Western Michigan, who has, yes, they lost to last year, but has a new quarterback. So potentially that should not be the factor again. They're back-to-back road games to Louisville in a rebuild. UNC, no Sam Howell and Virginia. And then the toughest test is probably going to be Miami to close. Penn State, their schedule is a little bit, I mean, their offense, 105th in yards per play last year. I'm going to roll with the better defense, and I probably have more faith in Sean Clifford than I do in uh, Slovis. So Pittsburgh minus 110. I love it.
4: All right, let's keep it in the ACC then. Talking from Pitt to now NC State. They're minus 120 favorite head-to-head with Texas A&M. You're getting even money with the Aggies. I'm a big Devin Leary fan, though. So what do you, I I lean NC State. Where do you lean? NC State all the way.
5: <laughs> so AM, i A&M, I'm not just saying this because I am a longhorn, hook them horns, but <laughs> I'm not fading AM for that reason. But I mean, it's just, I know it's a big, bigger conference. They're in the SEC and they're the big name school. So they're always going to be able to replace all of the starters that they had last year. But I am super excited for this NC State Wolfpack team. They went nine and three last year and two of their losses were by three points or less. They were 18th in passing. You just mentioned Devin Leary, uh, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions, Three of the four top wide receivers are returning. The reason why I like them over AM is because I am looking for consistency on players mm-hmm. who were here in 2021 and made the team good. They're also returning for 2022. Perfect. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, some of the production to be returning and the strength lies in the defense and they are returning their top two tackles. Two of the four best pass rushers. Whereas AM, you have a new quarterback. Zach Halzada is out. That was a one and done game against Alabama. Complete fluke. He's out. Haynes Keane is the backup quarterback, uh, the pot- one who's poten- not backup, the one who's potentially should be playing. He has only 39 total attempts. I'm not sure how good he's going to be. Max Johnson. Max Johnson is another option. He has thrown for his best season was throwing for under 3,000 passing yards. Offense, they are returning the wide receivers. Question marks at quarterback. Um, on the defense, the strength of an AM team typically is in the defense. All three of their defensive ends, they're, they're losing. And those players combined 25 of the 39 total sacks. They lose their top linebacker. They could reload at positions. But I'm really going with the players that they were here last Mm -hmm. year. They made NC State strong. And they're in contention with a really nice schedule. I'm going to go with the NC State. Yeah, okay.
4: N- NC State has the, the most returning starters of any other team in the ACC. They're poised to be very good. I actually took them at 8-1 to one to win the ACC. I, um, I think that they and Clemson could both be undefeated going into that game. Yeah. They beat Clemson last year. Why not do it again? So, I love that. No, yeah. I love that. Go Wolfpack, Super baby. NC State. <laughs> Thanks for indulging me in my game. I appreciate <laughs> you. But we will get back to you because before we went to commercial break in the first segment, we were talking about some trends that you mm-hmm. noticed – Last year, as you were betting, you as you were record-keeping, so important for us is better to keep track of what we're good at, what we're not, what teams are doing, and what they're not. Right. So what are some that you came across that you're going to try to put on to um, the way that you're betting this year? So let's look first
5: at the Big 12 because that's where um, I know best. But I, West Virginia, if you had followed me last year and I said, I'm going to fade West Virginia on the road, in the last two seasons, West Virginia are 3-7 and seven against the spread on the road in the last two seasons. Quarterback Jared Dagey, the one that he had, you have you looked at his splits great quarterback at home terrible on the road more interceptions than passing touchdowns but now this could potentially no longer a fade because in comes quarterback JT Daniels from Georgia now he's potentially a better quarterback 5,000 passing yards 32 p- passes in his career doesn't seem to have the splits problem like Daigie did so more importantly I'm looking for how does JT Daniels fit into this offense and is he going to kind of help this team no longer be a fade on the road. So I'm going to be paying attention to their schedule early on. And potentially I'm going to be back to backing them because more often than not, they are favorites because of the stronger defense that they tend to have. But it's always been that quarterback situation. Well, now it seems that they were, could have fixed that problem. So yeah, that's going to be one of them that I'm definitely eyeing. Um, for the Big Ten, I mean, <laughs> people always look at, let me look at Ohio State, the big teams, the better teams, <laughs> the fun teams, the ones that nobody's paying attention to, those are the ones that you want to put your focus on because that's potentially where value lies. So um, I want to fade Indiana and Rutgers. Um, if you like taking favorites, fade Rutgers and fade Rutgers against the spread at home. Um, Rutgers is 8-14 and 14 straight up, but they're 11-11 and 11 against the spread. But at home, they're 2-9 and 9 straight up and 3-8 and 8 against the spread at home. And I know that more often than not, teams like this end up being double-digit dogs. If you're playing somebody like an Ohio State who has just like all the firepower to withstand passing touchdown, rushing touchdown, scores, put up points. This defense is going to be lost. It's teams like this that I don't mind fading as double digit dogs. Okay. Um Don't be scared.
4: Don't be scared. I don't don't be love scared. it. Um, while we're on the big 10, obviously they are in action for week zero, Nebraska, Northwestern going head to head in Dublin, Ireland, but a number of games on this opening weekend schedule. Is there one bet you like most of, of week zero? I know you, you tend to use the first couple weeks typically as like a feeling out process, but is there a bet that you like this weekend? Utah State. Um, Utah State. Me too. Go was,
5: Aggies. Go. I was just talking about how don't be scared to back these double-digit favorites or fade the double-digit yeah. underdogs. And Utah, Utah State is definitely going to be one of those teams. In week zero, this is when you can take minus 27 and a half favorite. <laughs> but it's against UConn. They have been. They're mm-hmm. so bad. <laughs> bottom five in every statistical category, both on offense on, on, and on defense. They can't score. They can't defend. They can't even kick i mean if you have nothing to control against and look at their their season last year uconn last year at fresno state they ended up getting shut out that in the 45 opening nothing game, 45 yeah. to zero tell me that utah state doesn't have a quarterback that can do exactly that they were top 20 in passing yards last year this is a high power passing team they're returning their top receivers they're returning their quarterback very well could be done so for me minus 27 and a half for utah state is a play. I would even consider taking the UConn team total under because right now it's sitting at 13 and a half. You want to give me an under two touchdown play?
4: I'm in. <laughs> so I took Utah State also. Um, I have two bets. I, I took uh, I have big favorites. I hate myself. But I have <laughs> Nebraska with the double digits laying and then I have Utah State as well. And I love Jim Mora. I hope that the future is brighter than one in 11 seasons for UConn with him being the head coach now. But Like, I was looking, speaking of the college football betting guide, I was looking at Steve Mackinnon's power ratings and they're tied for the third worst in all of college football, over 130 teams. (laughs) And they're not like that just this year. This is UConn
5: consistently over the last few seasons. So, fading UConn, is not a terrible thing it's not the worst way to spend your week zero money I agree with you and I'm a big fan of Logan
4: Bonner as well by the way the Logan. super senior sixth year guy uh we've only got about <laughs> 35 seconds here left but any other just future win total um conference winner anything you want to embark on the people
5: um we were talking about that head-to-head I think I really like Notre Dame as an underdog plus 145 over Cincinnati who is a minus 165 in that head-to-head market If I'm talking about, I'm sticking with the trend, I'm sticking with what it is that I've been doing, and that is looking for the players that are making the return to the team. And, you know, head coach Marcus Freeman, he is potentially already a huge upgrade. Quarterback two system you talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. is that a good thing or a bad thing? But Tyler Buckner, Drew Pine, I think they're gonna be just fine. You have the both run pass option. Offensive line is probably gonna be showing improvements. They were ranked bottom 35 last year, but they only had 10 sacks allowed given up in the second half of the season. so. I'm looking forward to Notre Dame as an underdog,
4: too. This Love it. Back. Appreciate you, Pam. You're the best. Good luck this weekend.
3: You're listening to My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Tony on v the sports betting network.
4: Welcome back to the show. This segment of My Guys in the Desert presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands there's one right time to make a change. Everybody's a little different. Everyone's on their own journey, but whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn's there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an Addictive Chemical still to come here on My Guys in the Desert. Chuck Esposito of Chase, of Stations Casinos will join us at the end of the hour. But now it is time to talk all things Major League Baseball with my good friend Steve Buchanan, our resident MLB and NFL expert over at DraftKings at SBuchanan24. Nice to see you, my friend. I feel like it's been a long time. Do you miss me? It-
7: Yeah, I mean, you just come and go as you please now. And so it's hard to, like, match up with your schedule.
4: Haters gonna hate. I honestly, though, I am essentially using all of my vacation time in the month of August. And so I just continue to get these messages from Steve that are like, I'm coming on the show today and you're not here. How dare you? But
7: it's it's upsetting.
4: I'm here today, my man. And I'm excited that you're here, too. We've got six games uh, that were over or in action. Major League Baseball from this morning, eight more still to come this evening. So the possibilities are endless. First pitch for four of the later games coming up in just about an hour and a half. I want to start with uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, who are on a little bit of a run here lately. Won five of their last six, which included three against their AL East leader, while they still can, the New York Yankees. Back at it, though, for game two against the struggling Red Sox. um, And they've just had nothing but success against this team in the second half. Do you think that that continues today with Burrios on the hill?
7: Oh, well, here's the thing. It, when you first look at the matchup, going against Jose Barrios is usually a good thing for opposing teams, especially when he's on the road. He's putrid on the road. 6.82 ERA when he's on the road. 390 woba. you know, we use that stat that kind of encompasses everything. Um, so that's usually a bad sign for with someone like Jose Burrios But then you look at this Red Sox lineup tonight. I don't even know what to call this. We're on, <laughs> you know, live TV. I have to watch my language. Well, Appreciate this you. This fun. is a family show. Right. If this wasn't a family show, I'd be a little more colorful about how to describe that that lineup. They have Bobby Dahlbeck pay, playing shortstop. He said earlier today, last time he played shortstop was in high school. That's a great sign right there. No Xander Bogarts, no Tommy Pham. Uh, Rafi Devers just got hit last night. I think it was in the arm. He's in there. But how healthy is he right now? So despite the Blue Jays being one of the worst overall run, uh, teams on the run line, I'm taking them tonight. They're 8-6 on the run line against the Red Sox. Specifically, they've absolutely torched their pitching. They've outscored them 91-45. to 45. That gives the Red Sox a negative 46 run differential. That's usually not too good either. So there's just so much to like about this Blue Jays team here tonight, despite them being one of the worst run line teams in the league. So I'm taking them on the run line here, getting that at even money too. Especially with that lineup they're putting out. Good, my goodness. Give me the uh, Blue Jays here tonight. Sometimes
4: you got to risk it to get the biscuit. And I will say, I like the colorful language. I'll allow it every now and then here. (laughs) How do you think that things play out in that division, by the way, while we're on it? Because the Yankees have fallen apart, it seems, but then they win back-to-back games against the Mets. Giancarlo Stanton's about to get back here in the fold. What do you think?
7: Yeah, that's one of the biggest things, too. That lineup really got shuffled around once Stanton went out of the lineup. Even Matt Carpenter going out of that lineup there. These guys are getting healthy. They're going to get some of these guys back, and this team is going to start hitting again. They're too good to be slumping for this long, so things are going to get better for them. Uh, quite frankly, I think actually the odd man out in this is going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. I think actually that's going to be a team that's going to miss the playoffs. If mm. you look at their schedule for the month of September, it is brutal. They have one of the toughest schedules remaining in all of Major League Baseball. So the Rays really aren't as good as I think that their record showcases. So I think when all is said and done, I wouldn't seem be surprised if it goes Yankees, Blue Jays, uh, and then some sort of whatever you want to call the Orioles, the Rays. And the Red Sox in the in the bottom three there. But I think the Rays actually end up missing the playoffs when all of a sudden done. I was about to say, don't let the Orioles get hot
4: again, I guess. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> they've hot. been hot. They've They're been hot. hot. <laughs> uh, let's keep it moving down, though, today's slate. Phillies-Reds. Um, yesterday's game was a classic case of everything you can do, I can do better, it felt like. Because every time the Reds had a good inning, then the Phillies just countered. They're a huge minus 245 favorite today. Total nine. How are you approaching game three of the four-game set?
7: Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if we see more of that again here today. So I like over nine runs in this one here. These are two of the best teams at hitting the over on their game total. Cincinnati is ranked fifth in the league. The Phillies are ranked seventh in the league. And you look at the pitching matchups here for tonight. You got Sanchez going for the Phillies. Uh, Really hasn't made much starts here in the majors. So don't have a ton on him. Decent pitcher in the minors, but really hasn't been able to get the strikeouts here when he's up in the major league. Then you got TJ Zook going for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I don't know what his deal is. He just wants to get out of dodge every time he's on the mound, seemingly so far this season. Only eight innings pitched this year, 12 runs on 17 hits and four home runs. Buddy, this is your job. This is what you get paid for. Why do you have to leave so early? What's going on here when you're taking the mound? But going up against a really hot offense like the Phillies, I expect them to get to him early here. That Reds bullpen has been an issue seemingly all season long. So I think this one goes over at nine runs in this one here. I think we're going to see a lot of offense early and often. In this one
4: then in the nightcap, Dodgers Brewers LA has just been so good in the second half 25 and yeah. 7 they have a seven game lead in the league for the best record in all of Major League <laughs> Baseball uh, they got back to covering the run line in three of their last four um, a minus a 120 price on the run line today is it worth buying in on the Dodgers again or do you have an alternate approach to betting tonight's game
7: Yeah, I I have no issue taking the Dodgers here. Obviously, you're going to be paying up a premium for that 255 money line, but I like going under eight and a half runs in this one here at minus 105. This really keeps going back to the Brewers' struggles against left-handed pitching. They're hitting just 214 against lefties uh, so far this year, and that's one of the lowest in the league. But to be honest, they've been struggling even more so overall since that trade deadline, since they got rid of Josh Hader, which, you know, Josh Hader has been doing much with San Diego, but since the trade deadline, they're hitting 196 as a club. That is the lowest in the league. So you kind of put that together and their struggles against lefties. I really don't see a lot of offense, at least coming from them. In this one, they're going up against Andrew Heaney, who another former Yankee who comes over to the Dodgers and just has a career rejuvenation. Maybe it's the facial hair or something, but it works for Joey Gallo, works for Andrew Heaney. I don't know what it is. Uh, they did tag him for three runs the last time out, but Heaney had 10 strikeouts in that game. Uh, not a huge strikeout pitcher. So for him to rack up that many is pretty impressive. So I think he has better results here. At Dodger Stadium, that's where he's pitched his best baseball this season. So it's going to be a little tight because I think the Dodgers are going to score some runs in this one. But I am not seeing much coming from the Brewers side, so that would lead me to taking the under eight and uh, eight and a half total in this game here.
4: Steve, is that what has led you to be such an efficient, better, and successful? Better is the facial hair rejuvenation.
7: Yeah, you know, I throw it in my, in my pot of things that shouldn't make any sense, but they seem to make sense. You know. Just one of those trends that just means nothing. But like, yeah, sure. (laughs) We'll we'll go about the facial here.
4: I love it. Uh, You have also been a regular on our prop lock and profit segments, talking props, Um, any that you enjoy on tonight's slate uh, from a prop perspective.
7: Yeah, Lucas Giolito to record under 17 and a half outs recorded against the buzzsaw offense. That is the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, This is a number that Giolito just doesn't go over normally as it is. He's only gone over this number in one of his last six starts and only nine of his 22 starts this season in total. Like I mentioned, this Orioles offense has been on fire for the past month and a half. And the big thing with Giolito, he struggles in the game early. Has a 4.50 ERA the first time through the order and 10 of the 19 home runs that he's allowed has come in that instant. So if the Orioles can jump on him early, which has been uh, the theme really with teams throughout the season... Uh, I think Giolito's out of this game early. Like I mentioned, he does not go deep into games really at all. So give me under 17 and a half outs recorded for him tonight. I
4: love it. And I just love the Orioles right now. They've been such a fun team to watch and support. Uh, here with Steve Buchanan of DraftKings, in addition to the wonderful work that he does covering Major League Baseball. It's also time to turn the page to the NFL season, my friend. And um, I I know that you've been paying special attention to the NFC West. Is there a specific bet that you really like or what's your general feel on the division?
7: I like taking the Cardinals to go under eight and a half wins. I know they're coming off that season last year where they were obviously very successful, had 11 wins last year, but they have one of the hardest schedules in all of the NFL. Uh, the combined winning percentage of all the teams they are facing this year is at five forty-three, and they have a number of rest disadvantages coming up, especially in the second half of the season. They play a Monday night game in Mexico. Don't forget that that's against your 49ers. And then that's followed up by a, a game against the chargers. who are going to be a really tough team this year. Then they play the Patriots and then have a short turnaround, play a road matchup against the Broncos. It just doesn't stop for them, especially in the second half of the season. Then, of course, no DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. That means they're going to be relying on Marquise Brown, who obviously huge addition, but it's going to take a while to get him acclimated with that offense. And then it's Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, like not exactly the wide receivers you saw from last year. And then one of the biggest losses on defense, Chandler Jones, no longer with the team. That's going to be huge. For them too as well. And then I cannot get out of my head how much teams fizzle under Cliff Kingsbury in the second <laughs> half of the season. Don't forget 7-0 start last oh. year finished up going 4-6 and six, losing to the Lions, the Panthers, and the Seahawks. Oh my goodness. It's almost <laughs> football season. You can feel it in the air. The Lions. Give me the Cardinals Give me the Cardinals to go under eight and a half wins this year. The
4: Lions, the Panthers, and Seahawks, oh my. Um, (laughs)
7: Absolutely.
4: Great stuff, Steve. You're the man. Appreciate you more than you know. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. All right.
7: I'll talk to you whenever you're back.
4: The man, the Oh, come on. The man, the myth, the legend, Steve Buchanan. Also, he tweeted, please release the interceptions prop for the Browns-Panthers week one game. I'm interested. DraftKings, any progress there? Slide in the DMs. We want to know when we come back. My final week zero plays for college football and Chuck Esposito of Stations Casinos joins us
7: live.
1: I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because you ain't me.
6: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You're listening to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni and Tony on VCN, the Sports betting Network.
4: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of City Casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. We've got City Casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. You can subscribe to your local City Cast wherever you get your podcasts. We're wrapping things up here on My Guys in the Desert with a little Taken by Stormy, my favorite college football plays coming up for week zero. And while I will be in Hawaii this Saturday, I shan't be wagering on the Rainbow Warriors. Vanderbilt game, although the over 54 is interesting. Here's what I do have in pocket. Like we talked about with Pam Maldonado earlier in the show, I'm on the Utah State Aggies minus 26 and a half. And I know it is a big number, but I think the Aggies can cover here. And Steve Mackinnon's power ratings, he has them tied for the third worst team in college football period coming into this year um it's also a team that even with them returning 15 starters yeah those 15 starters went 1 and 11 a year ago their lone win against yale they're 0 and 6 ats their last six openers the aggies meanwhile seven and one against the number their last eight if you like that kind of thing and for utah state they're coming off such a breakout season won the mountain west in year one Under head coach Blake Anderson, one of the most experienced offensive lines in the country, they bring back. Logan Bonner has complete control of the offense at this point. So give me Utah State. And I'm also laying the number with Nebraska minus 13, even though this thing has gone up from nine and I'm definitely getting the worst of the number here. I still think that they're going to handle business in Dublin. And maybe it's my own fault for believing in Scott Frost in year five. But while a lot of people like the Wildcats at plus points because they do have more stability, more returning starters. Both of these teams had just three wins a year ago, and Nebraska was a far superior three-win team. One of those wins was a 56-7 domination of Northwestern. The Wildcats, even bringing back their quarterback, Ryan um, just they don't look to be much better than they were a year ago, in my opinion. Uh, Northwestern only scored 14 points in five of their 12 games last year or more, and they finished the season averaging 11.3 points per game their final six of the year, whereas Nebraska, I think, overall should take a step forward. Their defense should be pretty solid. They brought in an upgraded quarterback. They brought in an upgraded offensive coordinator with the former Pitt OC, Mark Whipple. I like Nebraska. Maybe it's incorrectly placed, but that's how I feel. We'll see how the books feel as we welcome in Chuck Esposito oversees all of stations, casinos and Red Rock Sportsbook over in Summerlin. College football is upon us. Finally, Chuck. I am so excited. Um, but our Is the public with me on these big favorites? I I know typically we tend to be favorites and overs betters when it comes to the country and when it comes to people in town. Um, but, But I don't know. You tell me.
3: It is the case for the most part, Stormy. First, it's great to be on with you. And I would say with college football, it's yay sportsbooks. Uh, <laughs> we're excited that it, it's finally here this, this Saturday with with a handful of games. And uh, Nebraska number has ticked up a little bit. I think the two biggest movers we've seen so far is the Nevada-New Mexico State game come down and the late game, the Hawaii game, where I guess you're going to be at. We've seen that number go up a few points in favor of Vandy as well. But uh, you'll see most of the action come in starting uh, probably late third. 30- Thursday and into Friday before we see the big money show on Saturday for the most part.
4: Is that Nevada move from the, the local aspect more so because people pay so much more attention to the Wolfpack being in the state? I, I
3: think a little bit, but it's been a pretty dramatic move down. So I think it's uh, it's some sophisticated play as well. I mean, when you have a game that kind of drops, uh, uh, you know, more than than three or four points and it goes past some some higher key numbers uh, that's definitely some sophisticated play as well.
4: I know it's definitely not, you know, the, the sexiest matchups that we're going to get in week zero compared to week one and some of those marquee games that are on the schedule. Um, but obviously people are still getting very much involved. You said it, yay sportsbooks. So um, you have some specials for team totals for this weekend's games as well. What are some of the more intriguing numbers that people have gotten involved with early?
3: Yeah, I think anytime we can add stuff to the overall markets that we have upstorming, I think it's great. And we did add uh, team totals this year. And I think one that's kind of interesting is, is the Nebraska one that I know you touched on. I heard you talk about it a little bit. Um, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I think this Nebraska number's going to continue to tick up. Initially, we saw a little Northwestern play. Then we've seen a little bit more starting to come in on Nebraska. That number has gone up now. You're seeing a little bit higher industry-wide. It might get the to two touchdowns, but uh, that's one of the ones that's, intriguing for me the nebraska total over under 31 and a half i think you're going to see the betters bet that team over
4: interesting um college football in general when when you think about this year i feel like so much of the talk has just been at the top we have the best teams we have alabama we have ohio state we have georgia and then there's a steep drop off from there is it being bet that way as well at the sports book? are you seeing some love to the little guys
3: no, for the most part I think they're looking at a handful of teams that can win it and those are the teams that are at the top of the board. Um out west definitely with you know, with the coaching change and Lincoln Riley and, and we know where where is kind of at right now. They're starting to get a lot of love as well. Um, but it's really kinda of top heavy, I think, what they're really kinda of focusing on and and looking at. But that's why they play the games. I mean we're excited to get mm-hmm. it here. I'm glad there's some games this weekend, kinda of to kick it off. I don't care if it's <laughs> if it's week zero or what it is just having college football on the board and then knowing the following weekend goes Labor Day weekend and you've got games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I can't stress it enough, Stormy. Exciting from our side of the counter. I can hear the the buzz and the electricity in the room and it is definitely yay sportsbooks.
4: Absolutely. Uh, football season is finally here. It's one of those things where during the summer you start dragging along. You're like, oh, when will football be back? And now it's finally back. And I'm like, ah, I have so much prep. I still feel like I need to do. But it's such an exciting time. And also, just by the way, don't get me started on US. Whoever is betting on them to win the national championship, what is wrong with you? Do not give a donation to the sports books. Stephanie Kamraschak, by the way, my producer, doing the fist bump in the back because she thinks USC and Texas are going to be in the final. Make me sick. Anyways, let's turn the page to the NFL. Obviously, entering week three of the NFL preseason. Just another thing that bettors typically think that they can find advantages sometimes because coaches are so Open about who's going to be starting, who's going to be playing. You know the depth of certain rosters. What's getting bet coming into week three?
3: You're 100% right. I mean, we're in an information era, and all you hear about is teams that are playing starters and teams that aren't. Heard that the the Bills aren't, but the Bears are in the first half. So you see some movement like that. I'm just giving you a couple of examples of, of what you kind of hear and see. The betters are savvy. I mean, we're, again, we're in an information era. They're hearing this as well. You're going to move preseason games, where we are a lot faster. Key numbers don't really factor into the equation as much anymore. Um, it seems like every week now we are fading the Ravens who continue to win in the preseason and cover the number. We've seen that number tick up a little bit to a full touchdown right now. And I do think by the time the Friday night game kicks between the Patriots and Raiders, we are going to be serious Patriot fans that night as money's starting to show on the Raiders as well.
4: Chuck, I feel like John Harbaugh doesn't even care anymore and they just keep winning. It's insane, that preseason record.
3: I'm not sure if he does, Stormy, but I'm sure that it's an internal discussion that we don't want to be the group that loses, that let's keep this going. But they continue to cover, too. I mean, they have 11 straight covers now as well. I think they're 22-5 and in their last 27 against the number. I think it's more of kind of a pride thing right now. Mm -hmm. And you saw in their last preseason game, even the second, third, and fourth string guys, they seem to be playing with more emotion, more passion, more focus than their opponents do. So it might not be necessarily from the coaching staff, but I think it's kind of an internal pride thing right now. We know that they had a lot of injuries last year. For me, I still think they're a tremendous value pick. I like them to win the AFC North, but I think these guys want to go out and prove something. And they're a team that the the betters know that this happens and they back them in the preseason.
4: Yeah, I I like that thought process and uh, definitely agree with you there. As far as what you said about wanting to be Patriots fans this coming weekend against the Raiders, get used to that, Chuck. You're going to be feeling that all year long that you're going to have to
3: be- <laughs> uh, believe me uh, i if, if the preseason's any indication stormy and if the raiders are good we are going to be from the you know from the fan side of it we want to see them do well but it's going to be like just don't cover the number this week just don't cover the number <laughs> this week so uh, and we'll know early on three of their first five games are against against divisional opponents so we're going to know probably early october just how good or bad the raiders are this season
4: i believe it uh, last minute and a half here with you chuck let's check in on the pennant and World. Series odds in Major League Baseball with just about a month left to go. A lot of teams we expected to be in the playoff picture entering the season are. But who presents the biggest problem for you guys? Who are you hoping doesn't make it over that you've got some liability on?
3: You know, you're right. Most of the teams that we expected to be there are there, and a lot of adjustments were made during the season as those teams played well. So most of the teams that were short prices were in good shape with. The two that do possess some liability, one at the very bottom, the Orioles, if they find their way in, and the Mariners have been a pretty strong bet as well, where in both those cases there is some liability across the board.
4: I was joking around with one of our guests earlier, Chuck, and I said, don't let the Orioles get hot, or stay hot, rather, because they've been so much fun to watch. Really appreciate Uh, yes, absolutely. Really appreciate the time, Chuck. Um, You are the best in the game, and look forward to checking in with you throughout the season.
3: All right, sounds great, Stormy. Thank you.
4: That's our guy, Chuck Esposito. I feel like. a running theme of this show is that I have a million questions for our guests and one hour is just never enough time to get to everything. But maybe one day it'll work out for us. That is a wrap for today's edition of My Guys in the Desert. Thanks so much for all of you tuning in with us this weekend. Today, I'm headed out to Hawaii. Um, I'm going to definitely have a sunburn when I come back. But... Appreciate you guys hanging in with us. That's why I wanted to give out the week zero bets early. Shout out to producer Stephanie Kamershack and everybody behind the scenes making this thing go. Rush Hour is coming up next with special guest host Ben Wilson. You know him and love him from primetime action. Now he's doing the midday deal.